Hello, I'm Ben Eagle, a podcaster, journalist, and rural communications consultant, and welcome to Rural Business Focus. This is the podcast for rural businesses and those looking to start a business in the countryside. Episodes are released each Tuesday to inspire and support you to be your very best, both personally and for your business. Please subscribe to the show wherever you're listening, and if you think this episode will help someone you know, forward it on to them. It's the only way the show grows by you sharing it. So thank you for that. But now, Let's start today's show. everyone and welcome to episode 31 of Rural Business Focus. Um, I hope you're all motivated, doing well and smashing this year so far. Um, I'm really, really enjoying doing this podcast and we've got some great guests and today's uh, today's guest is no exception. It's going to be a good one. My guest is an absolute guru when it comes to the agri and rural PR world, which is a good thing because that's what we're talking about today public relations and how your business is perceived by the public and especially the media so how do you maintain your brand image and help keep your brand messages out there well that's where pr comes in with me today is hannah lloyd who is board director for marketing at pinstone communications which is a rural and agri pr firm based in herefordshire Hannah has been at Pinstone for 10 years, but has always been in the agri sales and marketing sector in some way. Uh, she comes from a farming background and is married to a mixed livestock farmer, so she lives and, and breathes the industry. Uh, she's an active member of the British Guild of Agricultural Journalists, the Veterinary Marketing Association, and Meet Business Women. Hannah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so oh. much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Ben. It's an honour to be on this side of the screen, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I gave you a brief introduction, uh, but I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about your career, your your career first of all, and yourself, because something that seems to unite everyone who works in agri PR is this real passion um, mm. for farming in the countryside, which usually has its roots somewhere. Yeah, I'm definitely no different, Ben. Um, I am passionate to. Uh, a very strong degree about agriculture and the industry and what we do within farming and food production and you name it at the time, um, like waxing lyrical about it. Um, and that definitely stems really from early days growing up, pig farmer's daughter. Um, so always lived on a farm, always been in and around farming, seen the highs and the real lows. Yeah. So, yeah, really understand what farmers are going through, the business side of it. As I say, that the tremendous pressure that market forces puts on, but also those like sweet spots where you bring new life in and all that stuff. So anyway, I could go on all day about farming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when I was young, I, even though I was that passionate about it, I didn't really think there was a career for me in it. I didn't want to practically farm all day every day. So like a lot of people went off, tried a few things, um, actually ended up doing aquan science degree, slightly random. I was okay. always quite a bit of a science geek. So yeah, really like technical things and understanding them. And that came to my benefit definitely later down the line when I discovered PR. Um, always been um, a talker, as you'll probably be able to tell, <laughs> the speed I can talk at. Um, love communicating with people. And yeah, essentially, 
couple of years after uni, after working into sort of some sales and marketing roles and finding myself falling back into agriculture and realizing there was some fantastic career options there. Um, I sort of started to pair those things together, saw a job opportunity at Pinstone um, after a few years of working in marketing roles in-house and uh, the rest, they say, is history. Um, so, yeah, I've been here 10 years, as you've said now, and really sort of worked my way right up through the ranks, worked across. I was trying to work it out last night and I think I've worked across over 100 different clients in 10 wow. years, which wow. is kind of mad when you put it down like that. <laughs> yeah, um, it is. So, yeah, Just you can break times. it down on a year by year basis. Actually. I know, crackers. And like a lot of crossover as well, because obviously agency side, we have a lot of clients all at the same time. Like any one time, we're probably somewhere between 35 and 45 different clients working with us on a long-term basis. So, yeah, wow. some fantastic businesses that we get to work with. It's brilliant fun. Tell us more about Pinstone as a company and what you do. Fab. Um, so Pinstone was born out of a similar passion as myself. So Catherine, our MD, founded us uh, 18 years ago yesterday, actually. She uh, did agriculture at Y, um, sort of fell into a PR role, not dissimilar to how I fell into PR. Again, loved understanding things, sort of then communicating, technical, um, writing and PR was her real passion where she started. She used to work at Town and Country. Um, which for those that have been around the industry a bit of a while, they will have heard of it used to be one of the big PR agencies of its day. So when they disbanded, um, Catherine had the foresight to set up Pinstone. And um, as I say, we've grown to where we are today. There's 25 of us now in the team. So as I say, working across a massive portfolio, right across food farming, supply chain, anything connected really to landscape land management um real diverse portfolio clients yeah i think one of the things about pinstone is right well, i only i only ever see it through social media but it just looks like that as a team you just have great fun as well, well work hard play hard is always the mantra isn't it like agency side there's mad days and mad weeks um but that's what keeps it interesting like that's what i love about it is there's no two days the same no two hours the same even yeah. some days um like you can jump one minute from doing something on like the impact of SFI policy development on soil health and what does it mean for tenant farmers and some really serious gritty stuff to then like really cool creative stuff for like a campaign for a veterinary services business or you name it. It's like really diverse. And yeah. we've really, even though our heartland and where we stem from is PR, as you said, um, and everything we do, we look at through like a PR lens, if you like, that reputation piece. But we've really broadened our scope that we work right across comms. And again, that brings a lot of variety to what we do one minute you can be like really drilling into social media campaign or a paid campaign and how you can drive leads next minute you can be looking at that sort of media piece and working with media on behalf of clients right down to podcasting and um, things like that so yeah fantastic amount of different tools I guess at our at our fingertips that we can use for our clients yeah we're going to dig into lots of those today uh, I just want to pause and mention The Business Barn, um, who you can find more about at thebusinessbarn.co.uk or on Instagram at thebusinessbarn or on Twitter at businessbarn underscore UK. They currently have a survey out on diversification uh, that they'd be really appreciative if you could complete. Um, I am talking to you listeners, by the way, at the moment. Uh, but their aim is to create the most comprehensive report on diversification available. And in order to do that, they need your help. Um, so to take part in that survey, please visit businessbarn.co.uk forward slash links. That's businessbarn.co.uk forward slash links. Right, going back to basics, what do we mean when we talk about public relations? 
A good question and something I uh, start with with most clients, to be honest, Ben. Um, <laughs> we look at the CIPR, so Chartered Institute of Public Relations, um, for their definition as to just laying it down there, that, that let you say, formal definition. Um, so I'll read it out for you. So public defin- public relations sorry, is about reputation, the results of what you do, what you say and what others say about you. If you break that down, essentially, PR is the discipline of looking after that reputation. And that's what we always talk about with clients. It's about managing your reputation, building it, growing it, developing it, but fundamentally managing it. And at times that can be in crisis as well. Like if there's a challenge to a reputation. The fun times. Yeah, the exciting stuff. Um, (laughs) Obviously, we we plan for that, but we don't have the ambitions for that. Um, But yeah, essentially, it's about the aim is to earn that understanding and support of your audience. So you want to build that goodwill. You want to build that emotional connection with your audience. And that's the the heart of reputation. Um, Ultimately, most of the time, you're trying to influence opinion or behavior, whether that's buying behavior or mindset or a different way of doing something. And that's ultimately what you're often striving to do, I guess, um, with clients. Um, And I think important in the definition is it's the planned and sustained effort to establish and maintain that goodwill. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, again, something I feel myself saying a lot is it's like a drip drip. There's no silver bullet with PR there's no quick fix there's no one campaign and it's done it's never done it should be a constant focus for you and your business and making sure you get it to where you want it and then you maintain it and keep pushing it in the right direction and again sometimes you might want to evolve your business so if you had a new service or a new different offering you might feel you needed to build a slightly different reputation or move in a different direction and that's why it's so important that it is this sustained momentum and sort of building that goodwill and connection and this so, is partly why you're so busy at Pinstone. Yes, it's <laughs> <Just laughs> fantastic. Using Alistair Campbell as an example, PR has been referred to in a broad sense, perhaps most explicitly when it comes to politics, as the dark arts. Why is that reputation there? And do you think it's fair? Well, uh, before I worked in PR, I'd probably say it was definitely fair because it's like this industry that no one knows about. Um, like Until you realise what goes on and how the relationship between PR people and the media is like you have no grasp on the fact that some of these trade publications you're looking at are significantly contributed to by the likes of us in PR agencies yeah. it it's an unspoken um but in terms of now I work in it would I say it's fair completely not because without PR agencies out there working a with the media to make sure there's a really interesting pipeline of content coming through really interesting stories but also for some of these businesses I've been in-house so I know how hard it is Mm. to focus on these things and make time to sit down and craft your content and work with the media it's always at the bottom of the list and I've said myself like Pinstone our own PR marketing is always lower down the list than I'd like whereas by working with someone that that's their job that's what they're there to do um they have that that 100% focus you make it happen you can really like move the dial from a reputation point of view like you tend to find when you're in-house marketing is what takes the priority because oh there's that event that I've paid to be at so I must have some leaflets by then I must have a stand I must turn up I must have done some social beforehand um so those deadlines mean that you end up having to deliver there and the PR is kind of that one that's an open-ended deadline like we said it's not a start and stop process there's no um, quick fix to it so it is often the thing that gets overlooked and again 
trying to be an expert in everything when you're yeah. in-house dealing with like you might be also managing your team like obviously the minutiae of running a business um having time to craft relationships with the media so that you can get those great stories covered that you know which trade publication you should be working with that's a real luxury um but like i say we're fortunate because we work with so many businesses we're talking to the media daily across our team so you know what they're interested in you know the style they like it written in you know what's going to work well for them you know how to best get the best coverage i guess from those stories so it's mm. a it's a vital industry um the political world is obviously a whole other level from a PR point of view but <laughs> Um, but they are there to do a job that is needed. Um, God knows what it'd be like otherwise. On that point of expertise, actually, and this might be, I'm guessing, more of a challenge uh, if you're earlier on in your career. How do you ensure, because you are you must be quite time poor, again, working around your clients as well. How do you ensure that you keep uh, your knowledge base up? Because you're working across, I mean, Ag itself is very, very diverse. There's lots going on. There's, there's there's lots of change happening as well. So how do you keep on top of everything, knowledge-wise? Um, with a appetite for knowledge, I guess, is absolutely fundamental. Like If you're the sort of person that likes to learn a lot about one thing and stay in your comfort zone, then PR is probably not for you. Um, like I love learning new things and getting across things. I read a lot. I follow a lot of different social media accounts to keep finger on the pulse. Like there's certain good tricks, like good podcasts to listen to, good newsletters to read. Like you need to keep your finger on the pulse. And this is where, like you've said, we've got a fairly unique challenge in needing to keep our finger on the pulse of the industry. Um, so what's latest, what's hot, what's not, who's hot, who's not. Um, but then also, obviously, our our craft is communications and PR. So we do a lot of CPD, like we have a target 52 for training within Pinstone. So we target 52 hours of training a year um, for the okay. whole team. So we go off site, do external courses with the likes of CIPR. Um, we have mentoring schemes going on. We have internal training, like we're con- continually learning and refining our craft. Um, and that's something that never stops. But you then need to pair that with that appetite of learning about what it is your clients do, their areas of expertise. Like we always joke about the fact we become like experts in very small specialist areas. Like for one period of time of my life, I was working on a massive fungicide launch. So I became a real expert in T2 fungicides. Whereas at the moment, I'm doing a lot of work, perhaps more looking in animal health space, looking at different preventive health measures natural capital for example so you're consistently getting exposure to new areas and you've just got to have the type of attitude that you really enjoy learning new things and getting stuck in and then obviously we then apply that comms theory to whatever the subject matter and what that client's um, sort of objectives are really so what about rural um pr is, is there anything particularly different about rural or are we still talking about the same kind of thing really the theory is still there it's the same formula the same tools at our disposal um the thing i would say that i um and why i feel like we've built a niche in pinstone as other businesses like yourself have is we are a fairly unique breed within the rural industry in that we have our own challenges we have our own issues we feel passionate about certain things and i think for you to do a really good job of understanding your audience to then obviously best connect with them best build reputation with them you need to really have that breadth of knowledge and that passion for that sector 
So it's no good just foot flying and be like, yep, I'm great at PR, great at marketing. I'm just going to market this business. If you haven't taken time to appreciate those challenges and those particular pressures within that sector, within that rural landscape or that particular niche you're trying to weave into, often what we're talking about and rural businesses are looking at is B2B. So it is a trade conversation, but you've still got to appreciate that, especially farming and farmers, if you look at that large area of rural businesses, Whilst it's a business, it's a lifestyle, it's a passion, it's like they wouldn't get up and do what they did every day if they didn't really care about it. So I think it's for me that insight and really having that understanding um, is fundamental, but also prioritising. Like you can do so many things now, like there's so much at your disposal from a PR and marketing point of view. Um, It's about doing what's going to work well for you. Like you're better to do a few small things well than try and do everything badly um, and again a small business um, moving into a space you will have a certain amount of resource so you have to use it wisely um, yeah. so yeah we get say, people so, also. sorry sorry so so on that um, if you're taking on a new client um, how do you recognize those priorities in terms of how you use in essence their budget mm-hmm. in the most wise way yeah, really good question, Ben. So essentially, we would like audit where they're at um, as a business. So fundamentally, like try and glean what their reputation is within their within the, their space, if you like. So what do their publics think of them? So in the ideal world, you speak to some target customers, you speak to some stakeholders. We often speak to the media. So to really try and build a picture of where a brand and a business is at. So like, are they are they hitting the niche in the right area? Like, who are they up against? What are their competitors doing and saying? Um, you really got to build that picture of where a business sits in an industry. And then that allows you to think about, right, so what now are the right recommendations I'm going to make? What are the right tactics? And like you say, how do I make this budget work really hard for them? Like you could just recommend you do everything. Like in the ideal world, you're everywhere. But actually, if a finite budget is there, am I going to recommend, say, TikTok is the right solution for them when they're desperately trying to open up a um, a rural business probably not um, whereas like what I would say and again this is obviously our expertise coming at it with a PR lens is you can't shortcut reputation so that PR and that media element is generally at the heart of everything you do and like good content is at the heart of everything and what we try and do is look at how you get good content so really interesting stories that are going to connect and be relatable for your your audience really relatable stories and how you can then use them across your media channels so starting with your like your trade media so getting some good stories written about you some really good endorsement from the media that's obviously fast tracks you to a point where you get some good credibility and then thinking how you use that content through your website through your social media through your other channels um we're a big fan of thinking about how things integrate into it i can't get my words out <laughs> integrate um so looking at things through um that sort of crossover lens if you like um so i could get into all sorts of comms models and things which is what we look at at pinstone but it might not be the day for that Um, so you've been at pinstone for 10 years as we've said so over that time um how has the the way that you've worked changed Mm -hmm. over that time are you doing because i I imagine certainly as technology has changed and Mm -hmm. as different modes of of communication are coming as well um you've moved with that as well yeah for sure um I'd say the theory of PR, like that definition I talked about earlier, that's the same. That hasn't moved anywhere. Um, So the fundamental theory of what we're trying to do for clients, what we're trying to achieve for clients, absolutely the same. Um, But like you said, the way we work and most noticeably the tactics at our disposal is vastly different. 
um like digital has evolved hugely yeah the technology and the um the tactics at our disposal that's what's really come on leaps and bounds like podcasting which obviously you've made a successful career out of that is something that we weren't doing with clients sort of even three four years ago Mm. and now we've got quite a number of clients that we're podcasting with and it's really opening up a way for them to again engage and communicate build goodwill with their audiences um, we're seeing a lot um, a lot of developments on how we can much harder drive leads. So looking at paid um, social media, for example, and how that dovetails in with paid digital media, obviously looking at organic social, how all that like dovetails in. And again, this is where you've kind of got a big cycle um, with comms and how it all feeds together. And historically, you'd have like quite a longer lag on these things. So you'd get a really nice PR feature and then maybe two weeks later you'd have something else land and there's an event whereas now like you can be in front of your audience in some shape or form almost every minute of the day if you're doing it right um so there is a a much yeah it's tighter together I would say with the the developments yeah but that that also must add more pressure on as well in terms of getting it right yeah completely and that's the thing you hear is there's pressure to be everywhere all of the time and on everything and that's what I was saying earlier about you've got to prioritize and you're better to be on one social media channel and do it really well than try and be across every single social media platform that there is. And again, this is where I understand your audience. If you know you're trying to build a dialogue with rural businesses about like the latest developments or advising them on say land management or something like that, then probably Twitter is where you're going to get the best dialogue and you've got active people talking on that already. You can join those conversations. Whereas something like Instagram like we see that for more consumer brands or perhaps more visual, more consumer business. Um, but we don't necessarily see that being as compelling for B2B. So if I had to choose, I would probably suggest that right, you've got to find out about time and resource. You're better to invest on building your stakeholders with LinkedIn and then building your end user conversations on Twitter. Um, but at the heart of it, I think it's working with those trade media to create, like we said earlier, that content content is king that's sort of a, a, a well-known statement isn't it and that really is the case like there's no point putting out content for content's sake if it doesn't say the right thing about your business your brand it's not going to do what you want it to do for your reputation and ultimately be consistent as well um it's easy to keep reacting and responding and oh here's a new trade um here's a new trend or here's someone saying something else in the in the space we need to jump on that bandwagon but actually you need to sort of if you've done your homework and you know where your niche is and your messaging is right you need to be consistent and stay with it that's so funny i swear that word consistency is becoming the word of this podcast nearly every single guest who comes on says that but it's so true isn't it yeah definitely yeah it's and a lot of the time when we're late working with clients and advising them on what's the best way forward They'll come to us and be like, oh, well, so-and-so's just done this, and I think we should do that. And they're out to advertise there. Should we do that? And I saw this over there, and it's like, trust. Trust the process. Mm-hmm. Um, like, stick with it. Um, you're better to keep banging the same drum in the right places than trying to play all the instruments all of the time sort of thing. Yeah. I want to talk about Pinstone's podcast, the Agri-Food Comscast, um, which is produced by Pinstone uh, with PR communications and marketing professionals in the agricultural supply chain in mind. I love this podcast. But, I mean, tell us a bit more about it and, and why Pinstone started it. Yeah, of course, Ben. Yeah, we are um, very proud to have our own podcast. It was quite a leap for us, if I'm honest. Um, so we were literally uh, April 2020, lockdown, crazy times for a lot of people, for everyone. Indeed. Um, and we were really missing getting out, sort of meeting new contacts, 
speaking to our clients sort of about things they were seeing and hearing like everything had gone virtual as you know and meetings became very sort of transactional didn't they it was like right we've got an hour we've got an agenda let's get through it so (laughs) we were really missing that sort of wider discussions about what was going on what we were seeing um so we were thinking about how we could sort of overcome that so we came to an idea of a podcast to talk about sort of the com stories behind the stories if you like so we were seeing lots of really cool things happening in the media like obviously there was talk about labor within rural businesses and things like that and we're like actually how can we delve into what communication campaigns are behind this um, with the aim of a talking and meeting some really interesting people in the sector also providing some really good content for sort of our our clients and our audience of sort of people working in this space to sort of give them other ideas and keep it interesting for all of us Um, so that's sort of where the idea was born out of and yeah we launched back in May 2020 which actually was a big week um farmers weekly farmers guardian who took to podcasting that same week so yeah. we must have been on on to something yeah um, and I, I remember that time well because it was like it was for, for ages yeah well evans and i were like sort of yeah. banding along by ourselves and then all of a sudden that week i remember i, I remember having a conversation with will actually said yeah. there's another one there's another one I know it's, yeah, it's literally like they're finally being recognized they? as a format yeah. I know well I think we don't I like I loved your podcast Will's podcast like you were definitely our idols in that respect um and it's something in the back of my mind but again as an agency we're always so busy working on behalf of our clients our own yeah. marketing is often lower down the list um and I guess it was just the stimulus we needed getting shut down yeah. um yeah. that we made it happen but yeah we're it's been a really, really interesting journey with it. And we've met some awesome people, had some really fab conversations. And we've, we've had a little hiatus for the last couple of months just because we've been really busy, which is a good problem to have. But we, um, we've got some big plans to bring it back this year and sort of change up how we're looking at sort of communications and where it's being used as a force for good. So looking much broader at how um, different businesses are doing really interesting things because you see so much now, don't you, much more. Um, purposeful driven campaigns and I think yeah. that's something we're really interested to start tapping into at Pinstones so yeah mm. watch the space exciting let's talk about the media um, which was incidentally actually it's going to be the subject that we're talking about in the next episode but while you're here I want to get your view on really how rural businesses and it's a big question but how rural businesses are perceived and presented by the media today and and how in your experience again your perception of how that's changed but also the may, may be the way that you engage with the media as well mm. yeah of course yeah big question man massive question uh, yeah. we like big question um <laughs> i'd say if i had to be very general um i'd say the media as a, a whole would generally view rural businesses as being more traditional like slightly sort of of a time if you like um, um but my experience would be that that is completely not true like we come across through clients through people in the industry so much innovation like there's not a day goes by where you don't hear of something new some new developments some new thinking some new ways of doing things like new ways of working with audiences and things like that and I just think the broad media it's often seen as this sort of green and quiet land isn't it in the rural spaces and it's a slower pace of life and I think that perception runs to thinking about how businesses are developed and I I really don't think that's fair um as I say I think if you talk to if you break it down then like moving away from being totally general um if you look at trade media um especially so if you were say a real business in the dairy sector for example like the trade media are across that sector like all day every day and they they would be as passionate as us about what's going on in that sector and like you say that innovation that new technology those new businesses springing up all the time generally what we're doing is always b2b because 
yes, it's nice and can be a bit of vanity, can't it, to say get something in a national publication and be like, yes, we've got a massive amount of reach. It's a great number. It looks mm. fantastic. But actually, is it going to achieve anything for your business? Yeah. Is it going to influence your audience? Probably not. Whereas actually getting in something much more niche that perhaps only has a few thousand circulation, but that circulation is all in your sector, all potential customers, then suddenly you're getting a much more better return on investment and much more significant impact. So I think the media where they're specialists uh, have a really good grasp on what's possible, what's going on in the sector. They're very open to new ideas. So work with those media and sort of build your comfort there. Um, that said, obviously, for the right business doing the right thing, the national media is open. They love novel stories. They like slightly unique takes on things. Um, so there is a really nice story to build there. And it's easy to be very insular as an industry, isn't it? And to sort of um, only communicate yes. within people that know what you're doing. And this is where half our problem stems from sometimes in the industry, doesn't it? That we, we're so busy communicating with each other and just within a, a set sphere a set sphere that actually um, we never do anything to dispel those myths wider about sort of what's going on in the industry. So, yeah, that's sort of a broad brush, I guess. Yeah. Well, it was, it was a broad brush question. It was it was a bit of a <laughs> bit of a mean question, my apologies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what about uh, what about PR as a career? I suppose as well. If there's a listener out there who perhaps wants to change careers, is looking into new careers, considering PR. Um, you've obviously been there, done that in pretty much every role at Pinstone. What, what advice would you give to them? Uh, try it. <laughs> if you think you might be interested in it, try it. Get immersed in it like ultimately if you're a really inquisitive person you have a real thirst for learning new things for knowledge for new ways of doing things then you've probably got the right mentality for it because it's not a sort of very linear business or role or industry at all like you're constantly having to jump from one thing to another and turn on a sixpence about ideas and how you can work with businesses um so if you like variety and if you as i say are super inquisitive definitely give it a go um there's loads loads of information out there there's loads of great associations like you've named a few yourself like guild of agricultural journalists like there's loads of good training courses they put on there's some fantastic networking opportunities so my best advice is just be talk to people find out what it's like for them find find your sweet spot and try it um, there's loads of entry career options that you don't have to as i say i don't have a pr group degree you don't have to have and that PR degree, if you've got the right attitude and are willing to work hard, you'll get on. Um, so, yeah, get in touch. Great advice. Um, Hannah, thank you so much for coming on. We're going to just finish with the last few questions that um, we do at the end of the show. Uh, the first is sort of more sort of personal based, but it's 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 goals orientated. It's, it's focusing on personal development. Um, what do you do so that you keep focused on your goals? And that could be personal or professional goals. Um, personally, I'm a massive fan of writing actions and having deadlines. Um, make yourself accountable. And that's how I do it is by timelining things like putting I must do this by this date and put it in the diary like hard and fast. Um, so having something that's yeah achievable, but stretching. Um, but personally, if I don't write something down, it won't happen. And that is across the board. So I'm a massive fan of lots of to do apps and things like that. Um, but the other thing I would say to counter that, whilst I am like very forward looking, super optimistic about what's possible within an eight hour day ever, <laughs> um, I would say it is really important to stop and celebrate when something goes well, or if you have something to be proud of, like point. take time to, to revel in that because 
um if you keep moving on to the next thing on to the next thing and never stopping to realize oh that was actually really good there's something I can learn from that I can take that somewhere else um yeah it's hard to be satisfied about achievements and I find that goal setting can come a bit meaningless so yeah write it down but celebrate when things go well brilliant I like this uh this will be an interesting one for you uh your chance to promote a rural business or social media account anyone perhaps anyone who's doing a good job (laughs) yes um that yeah, I've had a real head scratcher thinking about this actually, Ben, because I'm like, I, I can't know many businesses that are upsetting anyone else. No. So I'm not going to go there. Um, they're all fantastic. They're all doing amazing things to uh, sit on the fence. Sorry. But social media. I'm going to yeah, go. A gonna bit say you curveful. could do that one. Yeah, I'm going to go curveball. Um, I think as a rural business, if I was setting out on my own personal business, um, where I take inspiration from is some of the more. Um, are entertaining through sales social media accounts so the two i absolutely love and i think just because they're huge don't be daunted by it are innocent drinks and aldi um i think they do social media so well and if you look at how they link it into their pr um and how they work across those comms and those comms channels it's an absolute masterclass in how to do it well and i think as a small business you have the freedom like usually corporates are so tied down they can't be very entertaining like those two really break that mold but i think there's so much in how they approach their comms that could be really taken forward by a small business like put your heart on your sleeve have a personality be memorable like don't get lost in being the same as everyone else um so yeah look them up it's just entertainment galore and lots of good ideas that are possible to take forward for businesses awesome okay um, and finally how to listeners find out more about pinstone or follow you on your socials oh thank you um yes we're on all the obvious channels um so obviously look us up on the website pinstone um we're also on twitter and linkedin so just search for pinstone um i'm active on twitter and linkedin find us um at hannah underscore 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 l because it's not very <laughs> It's a pretty uncommon name, a common name, sorry. Um, so yes, uh, get in touch. Happy to take DMs or questions if anyone wants to find out more about working in PR. Awesome. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for going on the show. It's been a, yeah, been a pleasure having you here. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be invited. That's it for today. Thank you, as always, for listening. Um, and as always, also, I'd love to hear what you thought about this episode, especially uh, if you already use a PR agency. Um, tell me about why you do that and what you've got from it. And this podcast is all about shared learning. So um, if you'd be happy for me to pass those messages on, if you want to shout out on the show, um, please do just get in touch. You can follow us on Twitter at RuralBF underscore pod or on Instagram at Rural Business Focus. Please also go over and give us a rating and a review wherever you're listening to the podcast. Next time, as I suggested during this show, we'll be talking about the media and how it works and what journalists are looking for when it comes to rural food and farming stories. I'll be joined by freelance journalist Jez Fredenberg and Anna Jones from Just Farmers. For now, though, I'll leave you in the way that I leave you every episode. Try to do one thing this week that helps you progress and one thing that helps someone else keep focused. And I will see you next time.